The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. As Jesus continued his journey to Jerusalem, he traveled through Samaria and Galilee. And as he was entering a village, ten leopards met him. They stood at a distance from him and raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they were going, they were cleansed. And one of them, realizing he had been healed, returned, glorifying God in a loud voice. And he fell at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. And Jesus said in reply, Ten were cleansed, were they not? Where are the other nine? Has none but this foreigner returned to give thanks to God? And he said to him, Stand up and go. Your faith has saved you. The Gospel of the Lord. All of us here, including infants, know what it's like to be ill, to be sick and to be in pain in different degrees. We also understand sadness, disappointment, probably rejection, and to some degree perhaps despair, or at least we've had the, the blahs. We know what it's like at times to be isolated or lonely. But I don't know how many of us here have ever experienced genuine desperation. To be in a situation where there was something of such great importance that seemed impossible at the moment. A matter of life and death, perhaps. And we all of a sudden realized that we could not control the situation. We became desperate. That's fairly rare. Because most of the time we have some way of dealing with whatever the particular problem might be. There's always reason for hope. But we don't understand leprosy, do we? We hear about it in the Gospels all the time. I doubt that any of us have ever seen a leper except maybe in pictures, of course, or in movies, in books. We cannot understand the horror and the desperation of being a leper, of having to watch yourself slowly disintegrate, to crumble to pieces, to watch 
limbs decay and fall off. And there's nothing you can do about it. You simply have to experience that degrading process until death. And you cannot associate with anyone else, with the healthy. You have to remain by yourself, away. And if you approach someone who is healthy, from a great distance you have to shout that you're unclean so that they won't come near you. So not only are you not able to approach them, they can't touch you either. No one wants to touch you. The only people with whom you might associate will be other lepers. And when you look at them, you only realize what you must look like yourself. You wouldn't want to look into a, a bowl of water or even a, a lake or a pool for fear of seeing your own reflection and realizing what in fact is happening to you, accompanied by the smell of leprosy, of a decaying body. I'm told that in certain parts of the wild, if there's a flash flood, that all the animals in that area will congregate on a certain high point, high ground. Even animals that would otherwise be mortal enemies will huddle together for protection. It must have been like that with lepers. People you didn't know, perhaps didn't like at all, who were as bitter perhaps and angry as you are, would huddle together just for protection and for some sort of human interaction. And there was nothing you could do about it. When Father Damien went to Malachi, he found that they, of course, had become so desperate and so hope, without hope that they just turned to all kinds of immorality, sexual, drunkenness, drugs, and he had to go in there and tell them that there was hope, hope in God. He was told by a friend to learn to smoke a pipe, and he did, because it made him capable of enduring the smell. In today's gospel, we have lepers again. You've heard this gospel many times, usually on Thanksgiving Day. Our Lord is continuing his journey to Jerusalem in the gospel of St. Luke to suffer and die, to become the leper. He's traveling through Samaria and Galilee, and ten lepers meet him. Ten. They have no names, just ten lepers. They stand at a distance, naturally, they have to, and raise their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. They've heard of him. They've heard of what he's done. There might be hope for them, possibly. There have been other occasions when our Lord would actually touch the leper. The first time a healthy human being had touched that man or woman in a long time. In this case, though, our Lord doesn't do anything. He doesn't touch them. He doesn't heal them on the spot, which he might have done otherwise. He simply tells them to go and show themselves to the priests. Because in order to be declared clean and get back into society, the priest had to declare you clean. Only then could you enter society again. So they go, and as they were going, they were cleansed. They're away from him. He's not there. They've left his presence. And all of a sudden, they are cured. And they realize that they are cured. Hard not to if you're a leper. And we are told that one of them, 
returned glorifying God in a loud voice, fell at the feet of Jesus, and thanked him. He was a Samaritan, the one who least thought that this Jew would do anything for him. After all, they're bitter enemies. Why would he show him any act of kindness or mercy? He doesn't know who our Lord is or why he's come. And our Lord takes the occasion to remark on it. Ten were cleansed, were they not? Where are the other nine? Has none but this foreigner returned to give thanks to God? The one who was the most desperate and the one who at least thought he would ever be cured. Well, as always, well, almost always, these ten disappear into history. We never hear of them again. They've done what they were supposed to do. They are symbols of us. They are symbols of the human leprosy of sin, going back to our first parents and original sin. Um, we are the lepers. But before that, our Lord himself must become a leper in order to make it possible for us to be healed. So he takes upon himself all of human illness and all of human sin and all of human guilt and takes that to the cross, where he himself becomes so repulsive that those, many of those who love him aren't there, and those who do love him and are there are totally, uh, must have a, a grief and a sorrow such as we can't even imagine to see him hanging on a cross, torn to pieces as he has been, and those who hate him come to mock. Even most lepers didn't have to endure that. So he is there to take upon himself all of that, to bring about the destruction of the power of evil and allow us to experience uh, the healing power of redemption and forgiveness. And we are called to that. He has taken that on himself. I remember one great spiritual writer, you may have, I may have mentioned him before, who said that uh, in the plunge from God towards the void, which man and his revolt had begun, shoot, in which the creature must either despair or break. Christ took on himself in love. Knowingly, voluntarily, he experienced it with all the sensitiveness of his divinely human heart. Jesus was really destroyed, cut off in the flower of his age, His work stifled, just when it should have taken root. His friends scattered, his honor broken. He no longer had anything, was anything. A worm and not a man. That's what he would do, that we might be cured of our leprosy. And so we have been. But he continues to do that to us. Isn't that wonderful? That he comes to us in that sacrifice here. We witness it. We witness him becoming a leper through the eyes of faith on this altar. And then becomes present to us in his victory and the ultimate healing, which of course is his risen body and blood, that we are, if we are prepared in a state of grace, able to receive. Then we are truly cured. We are beautiful again. He declares us to be clean. Now the one great difference, of course, between physical leprosy and our spiritual leprosy of sin is that once someone has been cured of the disease of leprosy, nothing would ever cause them to want to go back to that again. We're different, though. 
we very quickly go back to spiritual leprosy and sin. The good news is that the healing power of God is always available to us through the sacraments, particularly the sacrament of penance. God will heal us over and over again. All that will come to an end too, but he's not supposed to. We're supposed to be, when we're healed, hold on to that health and move forward to become even healthier. You know, Bishop Sheen told a story once of a woman coming to see him to take instructions. In those days, there was no RCIA. Uh, in my day, you went, if you wanted to become a Catholic, you went to the priest, took instructions, and he brought you into the church. So the woman came to Bishop Sheen and said she wanted to take instructions from him, and she said, I've come to see you because I am an intellectual. <laughs> and he said, Madam, I will instruct anyone. In fact, just half an hour ago, there was a leper sitting in that very chair. He said she jumped up, ran out of his office, and he never saw her again. Uh, but we, we tend to want to go back to that, don't we? But yet the penance, penance is always there. At some point that will end in our life, when life ends. Um, but we want to become healthy and remain healthy. And the church gives us all the means to do that. Uh, of course, our prayer life will be at the center of that also. Uh, so we, we see these lepers, as I said, they disappear into history. And you and I now must go on with our lives. We realize what God has done, we embrace it, and instead of going back to what we were, we move on to something we have never been before. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you as the people redeemed by the blood of your Son, and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, she will always be a vision and a source of God's healing to all peoples, we pray to the Lord. For our nation, all nations of the world, for our politicians, that they will accept the healing power of God as it comes to them, we pray to the Lord. For all those who are sick and suffering and dying, they may realize that God is active in their lives. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have rejected penance, we pray to the Lord. For a greater respect for human life, we pray to the Lord. For an increase in vocations of priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women who will be visible signs of God's healing love in our world, for a greater reverence for the healing power of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, having spent time in the presence of the risen Lord in the Eucharist, they may then bring his healing to their world. We pray to the Lord. For all those still working on our building project, that they will remain safe. We pray to the Lord. For our deacon, Stephen Lewandowski, as he celebrates his 25th anniversary of ordination, we pray to the Lord. For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, we will accept the healing power of God as it comes to us and be daily transformed into greater images of our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We 
now join our prayers to those of the health of the sick as we sing. Thank you. 